With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your boy 3K here for another episode. Episode 34, mm. season 10, Tershaw Radio. It's your boy at 3K underscore here with Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, big Rob? 7 and 0, bitches. That's 7 and 0, first time since 1985. And Joey at LA Rams, Rams, Rams on your Twitter dial. What's up, big Joe? Joey's still on mute. What's up, Joey? Augie, Augie, Augie wants to say hello to the listeners. Augie. I think you have to activate your microphone through the incoming port and not the outgoing port for your audio to remain balanced across both channels. Uh, did you reboot, Dad? That always helps. Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, Big Rob, how did we weekend go, mate? Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good. I was uh, I was going to tell Joey about my movie-going experience because I, he had mentioned this a couple of couple of episodes back. I went and saw First yeah. First Man. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. But other than that, it was a pretty chill, chill weekend. I took another vacation day because we're having beautiful weather in Seattle. I went hiking and because I know one one day soon it's going to be snowing. I won't be hiking no more. I'll be sad. So that's what I did. I sure. took vacation, went hiking, went to the movies, watched Ram football. It's all good. That's a very good weekend. Mine was much less uh, productive, I guess you would say. You had fam in uh, town, we, in-law fam. We had in-laws in town, so I had to do the in-law thing. I like my in-laws. I like my family, but you, you know, it's you one were of those drinking Malibu's and Cokes. You were <laughs> those, those bucos. I was serving up the bucos, was what we were calling them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those things where you know you, you get the age difference. You remember a time when people used to drink Malibu, and, it, and I know you said your wife drinks, but it's, oh, I was like, God, I gotta. I haven't bought a bottle of Malibu since. Bill Clinton was president, and which means I'm old, but it's one of those things where it's like, ugh, takes me back. Bill Clinton. I know. You think he's, was know. he serving Malibu's to uh, to Monaco to like seduce Bill Clinton? No, office? that's right. Give me a bottle of Malibu. Uh, hey, Monica, give me a lightened Malibu, please. Yeah, uh, the little RC colas. So yeah, I did the family thing. It was a Texas family weekend. We had a good time, and it was very unproductive. They, I, I did have to do some bad because there's one of these things that it, there's nothing that ruins an experience like bad customer service. You can have a great product, you can have a great environment, and you get bad customer service. Here, here's what confuses me about bad customer service: when I get asked questions after like ordering something, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, here's what I would like: I would like X. Well, would you like Y? What? No, I want. No, I, I wanted, wanted X. X. You you guys sell X, right? 
well, yeah, we have that, but we also have this. I don't – what? No, I want the X for the price that's here. Okay. Um, well, if you want Y, we can do that with the X. No, stop. Give Here's the money. I'm going to give you guys money. This is the money that you say it costs to get X. I just want that. Okay, if that's what you think, I mean, give us a minute. What the fuck? What? <laughs> was this at a uh, a casual family uh, restaurant, or was it somewhere better? It was not better, and it the thing it's not bad. It's not. It was a, it was at a deli style place, and we were all ordering you know breakfast type food, and it was just hard. And there were questions, and it, here there were questions that it was like, wait. So I, I, my daughter wanted a bagel with salmon and cream cheese. That's all she wanted on her bagel. So I wanted it with salmon and cream cheese. Well, uh, what what kind of that salmon you want, that guy? And I was like, I I don't care. Just smoke salmon. Which uh, you want that smoked salmon, the Novalox, or the Eastern side? I don't. Whatever. <laughs> I really don't. You're in. Just, you're in. You're like in Frisco, right? You're you're outside of Dallas. Texas, you're in the Dallas suburbs. Just put the salmon. What do you mean? What kind of salmon do you do? You're gonna offer me some coho, or do I get some steelhead, or I mean, copper you river? Wanna, you want that? You want that Malibu and Coke with that bagel? No, I don't want a Malibu and Coke with my bagel. What's wrong with you people? Um, I kicked Joey off. We'll see if he can get back in here. We'll probably just edit this whole damn portion out. Um, but yeah, other than that, I did the State Fair. State Fair of Texas finally ended this weekend. A good time was it's had by all. It's still going on? Is it like a month thing? It's finished. Just yesterday was the last day. Um, so good time. It was just packed because, number one, the weather, it had rained the last four weekends. And because this was the last weekend, you had last weekend traffic plus good weather traffic plus Ooh. Southern was playing – who did Southern play? I think like Prairie or something. So you had half the Cotton Bowl filled up. So it was quite packed, but we had a good time. It was enjoyable. So I need to ask, with the uh, in-laws in town, are they adventurous eaters like uh, your family, or they, they don't touch animal bundle? So my mother-in-law is. She is Mexican uh, by birth, by ethnicity, and by interest. Um, and she, she grew up in a, in a quite impoverished uh, family in the middle of – uh, nowhere in New Mexico, kind of outside El Paso. So she grew up eating, you know, Mexican-style adventurous foods, whereas I grew up eating Louisiana-style adventurous foods, and they're very similar. So there's a lot of crossover. So a lot of times we'll eat some of the adventurous things because it reminds us of the stuff. We, I saw somebody was talking about brains the other day in our Slack channel, and I grew up eating calf brains. She grew up eating calf brains. So it's one of those yeah, kind of things the, where we can That was the deep-fried squirrel, squirrel brain, right? The deep-fried deep squirrel, yeah. Yeah, you crack the, the melon open and eat it out like you would uh, a scene from Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom. I'm not against it. I'd give it a shot. Would you, would you, would you go for the squirrel brain? Fuck no, I'm not eating squirrel brain. They shave the squirrel's head down, so they get you yeah. know, all the fur out. Then they deep fry that sucker. Then they crack the melon <laughs> open and eat it with this. No, no. I'll, I'll okay. do adventure food, but that's that's more adventure than my my uh, I can take. I'm, I'm not I'm not doing the squirrel brain. What's an adventurous food that you that you would get into well, or I've, have? I've had into? brain. I've had brain. I've had tongue. I mean, I, you know, grew up in L.A. with little taquerias. I'll eat all that stuff. I mean, you put. You, Put that thing on a tortilla and some salsa, and it's all good. Delicious. So that's that kind of stuff I'll do. I mean, I'll do I'll do awful if it's you know if I'm adventurous, I'll I'll do some of that, but hearts and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna be cracking a skull open and eating brain out though. That's that's a little too much adventure for my taste. 
I'll crack a skull. Have you ever done any of the insect tacos, any of the, the grasshoppers or the crickets or anything like that? No, but here in Seattle, they, they started two years ago with the uh, the deep-fried grasshoppers with the little chili lime powder on it. It was like all the rave for a year. They, they sell them for the first couple of innings only. They only, start, they only make a certain amount. Oh, the baseball game. Go to waste. Yeah, baseball game. You just walk up. And, oh, wow. And there's cantina. You just walk out there and, and outfield and order yourself cool. some grasshoppers and – they're just Capenina. crunchy little, yeah. They're just they're just little crunchy, salty, ch- uh, chili pepper, chili lime kind of flavor thing. They're they're pretty tasty. Did you try them? You know, yeah, they're good. Yeah, I'll do them. I, I'm, it's not my favorite snack, but I'm not gonna shy away from sure. it. I'll try something. I'll try most things go. once. If I don't like it, I'm out. But yeah, the, the deep fried scroll brain. I'm I'm already out on that one. Well, you can only do so much. Let's try for if we're gonna try stuff. Let's try getting Joey on this podcast. Joey Ocoin, are you there? Don't even try. It's it's dead. Hey, Joey. Hey, hey jerks! We were talking about insects. Uh, Let's go back to movies. Uh, Robbo watched First Man this weekend. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, I saw First Man this weekend, and I I liked it. I liked the I liked the tact they took with it. You know, it's, it's the story that we all kind of know, but they they really did the human side and how it affected uh, uh, Neil Armstrong's family. And and uh, yeah, no spoilers. I haven't seen it. I want to see if they get to the moon. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I how mean, that one ends out. They they shoot for it. They do shoot for the moon. Was it American enough for you, Rob? Was it what? Was it American enough for you? It was. There was. It was plenty of America for me. Yeah. It was. It was America. It was. Uh, it was. It was good. America. There were some parts where I thought, you know, maybe it's it's <laughs> it's pretty scripted and very Hollywood, but I think it'll do well, and I think it'll do well in award times. They're just. Well, well it you just know that's a little bit of the controversy, right? What's that? Are you familiar with the controversy? The controversy on this film? Yeah, the lack of the flag. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I did not hear the uh, the controversy. They didn't plant the flag. Why didn't they show him planting the flag? Why did? Why they, does Damien Chazelle hate the, America? They show the flag. They just don't show him planting the flag. Did they show him with the ta- tattoo of the United States flag on his right butt cheek? No. <laughs> you know why? Not. He hates America. He hates America. Okay. When when they when they launch from the lunar surface to go back up to the orbiter and then go back home, uh, you know, there, there's a scene and you see it taken off and the flag is there. It's just it's not they don't go out of the way to do the whole flag planting ceremony. It's at the end of the movie. It's kind of like just get this over with. They did the one stop, small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, and then you're good. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was alright. It wasn't the greatest film. I don't think I think a lot of people will love it. Um, I just I was expecting a little more from it, so we'll see. I'm interested in the jerk's take later on, what we got. I watched uh, – my wife is into scary movies. I watched a movie called Truth or Dare, which was apparently a movie made in 2017. It was very good because I, I got to come with the scale. And I think I've talked – we've talked about this before. Uh, on the scale of things that are good and bad – there's a threshold when you go from good towards bad that once it crosses the threshold, it becomes good again. So this was yeah. the whole it, it, conceit of what Sharknado exploited of being so bad that it was good, and that's what this yep. movie kind of was. That's it a was genre. really, it's really so bad. bad. It was so bad that it was actually kind of good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It didn't make any damn sense, which I appreciated, and they never had to explain it, which I really appreciated. But the idea was the six, I guess, high schoolers, I don't know, or students, I don't even know, uh, 
go to this house where it's like haunted by truth or dare the game. And you have to always do the, there's there, there was never any truth. It was just there's doing no dares. Which, there. Yeah. There's no truth. They just keep doing dares and the dares were like, dare cut dare. your own face. And it was like, Oh, nice. And then they had to cut off their face and, and cut stuff and burn stuff. And it was great. And I thought everybody had a great time. Really bad movie. Really good movie. Uh, yeah, we used to do a thing called It's So Bad It's Good every Saturday. They'd have like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing kind of here. Yeah, that's great. Just, a, just like a local PBS type station. They'd play some that's terrible awesome. crap movie. We'd have a few friends who always came over. We did like Saturday dinner when we were young. We all had kids together. The kids would be off yeah. torturing each other in the bedroom, whatever, playing Barbies and whatever. And so we'd all hang out and we'd eat and be making fun of like it. And the fun part was the running, running commentary while the movie was going. It's like, oh, yeah. did you see this or that, whatever. That was that was the fun stuff. I love horrible movies. Uh, I watched a pretty horrible movie this weekend. It was the Rams playing against the 49ers. Horrible, not because it wasn't enjoyable, but because it wasn't very close. And it wasn't close as soon as things kicked off. Uh, the Rams with a dominant win throughout, albeit sloppy early on, winning 39-10. to 10. Um, I get to the specifics. Jared Goff didn't have a spectacular game, but he went 18 to 24. Didn't throw. He tried to throw an early on. He kind of failed at that somehow. I'm not sure how that didn't happen. Uh, but otherwise, 18 of 24 for 202. Two touchdowns. Todd Gurley with another two touchdown day on the ground. Um, backup Malcolm Brown got plenty of times. Both of them uh, under 70 yards but were able to have a pretty effective game because they were averaging large chunks uh, pretty much throughout the game. Quiet game from the receiving crew of Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, no Cooper Cup. Nick Williams came on and had some good moments for somebody who had just joined the team, but the real story of the day was the defense, the special teams. Corey Littleton was fantastic in both aspects. Aaron Donaldson finished with four uh, evil metrics, and overall it was just the defense clamping down on things, making it really, really ugly to watch overall. General thoughts on the game, Robbo? Uh, I think you I think you summed that up beautifully. Uh overall generally an ugly game, but for the most part it was it was kind of enjoyable from the Rams fan perspective because as we t- talked you and I talked last week on the preview show, I, I just never worried about them losing this game. I just all right, I'm not believing it. And while George Kittle did provide a few moments Good. of what the hell are you Good. doing? Um, it was, it's not a secret that they've struggled to tie in. So it's like, all right, they'll get this figured out and whatever. And, uh, you know, I even think, um, that who was their, their lead back who kept getting hurt. Um, Matt Breida. Breida. I thought his, his speed was evident early, but you know, he got hurt on a second carry or whatever. And he came back in and, uh, maybe it could have been a little closer if he was out there. And, you know, it wasn't Alfred Morris and Rasheem Mostert. Um, but you know, injuries happen and whatever. It just it just wasn't ever it just didn't really ever feel close and then just the, it was nice to see the defense as a whole step up and have a pretty darn good game. Troy Hill played pretty well. That Michael Brockers had one of his better games in a while. Yep. Donald again was good. Littleton was everywhere. Uh, Samson Ebicom, you know, impacted the game early in first series, second series. He had that forced fumble, um, strip sack. So I thought it was nice to see just a variety of guys have a, a pretty good game. John Johnson played really well, so sure did. I was pretty pretty, pretty happy with what they did, um, and and they came out healthy, which is the most important thing in my eyes leading into uh, this week. Yep, no real injuries concerns. We had seven of the evil sacks, uh, there four turnovers. Um, 49ers were three of eleven on third down and zero for one on that one fourth down. It was just. 
it was pretty dominant throughout. What was strange was it could have been much, much worse. The game was only 22 to seven at halftime, but it was because that first quarter, which was the Rams worst quarter of the game. They led three to nothing after one because they shot themselves in the foot on three successive drives. You had, um, the fumble on the snap from golf on third down from the first drive. You had a drop from Todd Gurley on the second drive. And then you had that near interception should have been interception from golf on the third, were it not for those. And assuming those drives had continued, you know, deep into 49ers territory and into the end zone, they could have had, you know, another what 17 points and it just would have been ugly. And it was ugly throughout. It just gets back to, you know, I think I complain about this every week. Their 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 red zone efficiency. You know, I yeah. just they get down near that twenty and then they just uh they don't punch it in. I think I looked up earlier today they're like around twelfth or thirteenth in the league right now. Uh fifty six or so percent scoring touchdowns. Um you know, the good news I keep saying it, the good news is they have room to improve. <laughs> they have yeah, they haven't peaked. They still have room to get better. The weird thing is, like, when you look at it, a lot of it is just, like, the play to Todd Gurley. It's not that it was, you know, it, it's so kind of random. It wasn't a play call issue. It was just, when when has Todd Gurley dropped the pass like that? I can't remember the last time no. he did. Yeah. I actually was thinking that during the game. I'm like, wow, what, that is that was surprising because it, it, just, you just haven't seen it. He's been so right. good in that role. And I think he was, if you watched the camera of him going off the field, he was kind of ticked at himself. He's like, yeah, I, I, I booted that one. Yeah, and it's not a play call issue. It wasn't even an execution issue. It was just because you think about Gurley, he never does that. It was just fluky. Um, Joey, what do you think yeah. about the game, Jeremiah Thoughts? Oh, did you lose Joey? Oh, wait a second. I got the wrong Joey. New Joey. New Joey. Yeah. What you uh, this is Augie. Hello? Hey, Augie. Hey, you sound great. <laughs> Overall efficiency was up 14.5%, so I thought that was great, but I'm a little concerned about the efficacy. When we pull the left guard, Roger Southwood's athletic, but I don't know that he's got the power to swing when we're coming out of 11 personnel. Am I right, Dad? <laughs> You're right, little guy. You're right. Um, Thanks, yeah, man. I mean, I-, I got a question for you, Joe. It, you know, I hear I hear the, uh, the, uh, the, the readers of Turf Show Times uh, mm-hmm. They get on you because you're hard on Todd Gurley. Oh, no. You call him just Todd Gurley. Just uh, Todd. Do you feel that you actually call him just Todd Gurley as a as a slight? Oh no, no. I called him just Todd Gurley because I think when was it? I think it was an interview with Jeff Fisher in his rookie year, and for whatever reason, we kept saying just. Every other sentence, he was just Todd Gurley. He's just going to, or maybe it was Todd himself. He's just going to try to do the best he can. He's just a running back, and you know, you just got to try to plug ahead and just do the best you can. And as long as he does the best that he can, he's just going to, you know, assume that nothing happens. So it's not a slide at all. It's just more of like a tongue-in-cheek, dumb nickname that everybody loves, I, and everybody calls him that. By the way, yeah, <laughs> I, I like what you said that the article today because you know, anytime people throw some praise at my boy. Jared Goff, I uh, I walk a little taller, but um, talking about how Todd Gurley, his numbers are maybe a little bit lower. I mean, he had a slow start last year, but sure. as far as um, just you know him him kind of playing, and I guess we'll get to get to that a little bit later. But it, it does seem like the way Todd Gurley plays, it's he's a red zone guy, and he is our answer to 
Coach McVay's problem about red zone issues, about just pounding the ball in the end zone rather than trying to throw mm-hmm. it or, you know, do any fancy uh, jet, you know, jet, jet screens. He's just going old school with Todd Gurley and it's, and you know what? It works. And it's, uh, it's working right now. And uh, maybe, maybe it won't as people start to scheme the, the, the Rams more and more going into the red zone, but, you know, as far as as far as the game, I mean, I just was really relieved with the way the defense played, and I know they're going against San Francisco, but that was awesome. And it was, you're not going to get a game like that. It's not like, oh, cool, like now Aaron Donald's always going to get four sacks. I mean, it was, right. it was an anomaly, but it was super fun to watch, and it felt like Corey Littleton's like arrival game. I know he's been playing good. And like, even if you take away right. any of his special teams play, I think if you're really just watching him and it's not as his play is inside linebacker. It's not as flashy as like him, like blocking multiple punts in a season, but he's good, man. He's for an undrafted rookie. He's re- or not rookie undrafted player. He's really good. Yeah, that kid, um, that kid shows up. That kid shows up. Um, you know, unlike Mark Barron, who had probably the worst, Attempted, he had the biggest Alec Ogletree moment in the entire game. I think uh, we all kind of like the groan on that. That he's not right. Yes. You know, his Achilles isn't right. I don't think he should be in there. Oh man, he went mm-hmm. high. He got juked, and it was it was not good. But that was, I think, that was a lone play where I was like, really? Come on now. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I mentioned the Joe earlier. You know, George Kittle had had a pretty good game against them, and um, you know, if, if they can clean that that tight end thing up, but they're going to be, they're going to be pretty good going forward. Well, that's what we were about. The, after week one, the Rams like, Oh, here we go. Every week they're just going to have a big tight end. It's going to expose us. Kill us. And it really right. hasn't happened until, until this week. Right. I can't think of another part. tight end. The past couple of weeks has been that bad. Well, sure. I mean, played. yeah, I was going to say, we haven't really played yeah. any great tight ends. Yeah. That's, that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll get into some good ones uh, in the near future. Um, w- one thing that I thought was interesting from this game was kind of what we had talked about to a degree with Seattle and Denver. But, Rob, we mentioned this in the preview, is that this is just not a good – we talked about the idea of what they're going to do from here. Uh, this this was the opportunity for the Rams – not necessarily a trap game, but for the Rams to play down to their competition, and they never did throughout. I don't know what that means, but I know there's something valuable about it. Because the 49ers, it's, it, it's a, there's a personnel issue. The roster's not good. There's a schematic issue, and obviously when you got C.J. Beathard as your quarterback, that's going to happen. But it's one of those things where I don't know, I'm not trying to you know, put down the Niners or anything, but just in general, I am not worried about this team contending anytime soon that they're stacked up. Well, their talent yeah. is all – their better players are all hurt, right? Richard Sherman is one of the better players. He's hurt. Sure. Dark Flappolo is hurt. Uh, Jarek McKinnon's hurt. Um, the only one hurt, hurt would be would be George Kittle. But other than that, I mean, none of their defensive guys that they've drafted over the last three or four years are any good. Have done or that. Have shown themselves to be. I mean, yeah. wow. There is a huge talent disparity between that team and our team, and I would say even Seattle. I mean, they they're a distant third in this division. Not, and it's not close. I mean, they're going to be drafting top five this year, 20, top six. I mean, they're not good. They're, well, not, also, they're not good. And, and, and we're in a division that probably has the the most clearest worst team in the league. 
Yeah. You know, I, th- I think you have the Cardinals and Buffalo are fighting to be the worst team. And, you know, to have that kind of doormat in your division um, and then having a kind of like another doormat in the 49ers and then even the, the Seahawks. I mean, I wouldn't call them a doormat, but they're not what know, they were. I wouldn't. I, I'm yeah. not going to bet on them to make the playoffs. So, you know, that's kind of why I think people are looking at the rounds going, yeah, but look at their plan. Sure. Look at their division. Sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to bet on the Seahawks to make the playoffs? You clearly do not live in this city, my friend, because that's all they're talking bet. about now. After, after counting a terrible right Oakland team, that's the, the, their smiles have turned, their frowns have turned upside down. The moral victory against the Rams and the, the utter domination of a hapless Oakland team has them all smiling here, thinking Super Bowl. It's it's been right. fun. Okay, well, good yeah. for It'll be good fun to see them come back to earth. But yeah. Yeah, we're going to do we'll do some MVP talk in a little bit. And I know that's not relevant for the person I'm going to bring up, but I'm going to ask the question a little bit differently. Is Aaron Donald the best player in the NFL? The best. The best. Is he the best best single player in the NFL? Defensive player? Um, Player. Best player overall. If if, If he's not, tell me who's a better player in the NFL. Well, I, I guess my, my question real quick to just jump right in front of you just to clarify this, Rob, is that it seems like when people say like football player, they instantly think quarterback because it's, you know, arguably yeah. the hardest position. So it's t- to not select a skill player like a quarterback or a wide receiver or running back. I think sometimes goes out of people's depth of knowledge because they're thinking, well, yeah, I don't even know exactly what a defensive end is really going to do. Yeah, you can you know, talk about splash plays and stuff like that, but just each play, exactly what they're doing, you can kind of see what a quarterback's doing. So to, to say that a defensive end or a defensive line player is the best player in the league, you really have to know that position and, and kind of really get in to like the nitty-gritty of it. So it's a hard, it's, I think it's a hard question for most people to answer honestly. I mean, you would immediately Tom Brady, right? The guy, yeah. They they switch. Sure. They've switched around so many players on that team. He and Gronkowski are pretty much the con- constants, and he's continually in Super Bowls. Um, so I mean, that's if you're gonna compare him to that guy. Uh, I'm gonna say no, just based on what they've done. But if you're just talking pure what they do at their position and how damn good they are, and, and the difference between them and the next closest guy, which is maybe how I measure it. You know, what's who's the next closest guy at his position to Aaron Donald? Uh, I mean, Gino Atkins, I don't know. Atkins, Cox, Fletcher Cox maybe, and they're all they're all really good, but I he is so much better. I'm sorry, I'm not I could be a homer, but he is just he is light years ahead of everyone else at his position where you know Brady's clearly you know, in the conversation as the best quarterback, but you've got Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, and they're all pretty damn close. I just think he is so much better than the second guy. It's 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 like he's a position by himself. He's just too he's too good. What was he was in the top one two hundred or one hundred this year? What was he ranked as a defensive tackle? Third or fourth? Second? Right. What was he this last year? I mean, in the NFL a, top one hundred, like yeah. the NFL Network, you mean? Yeah, when they do that thing, he was way up there, like right. Yeah, he was, in top he was five. like top ten for sure. I think it was like top five, but I mean that's that's with A B and he was seventh and Gurley was sixth. Was he seven? Okay. Yeah. So I mean to have that kind of D tackle put in that conversation, that's uh, yeah. that's saying something. He was the one of two defenders. He and Von Miller, 
at nine were the only defenders in the top top 100. And by the way, you guys will never get a job for cable sports. I asked you a simple yes, no, and you guys tried to provide intelligent context. That's not how this works. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith knows. Um, Craig Zerline, return. Jeezy, Megatron. Did you just say back. Stephen A. Smith? Of course, I was about man. to go some crazy Stephen A. Smith rant here, but I'll, I'll dial well, you, that That's back. how they do that. That's how they frame things in these binary ways. Is Aaron Donald the best player? Aaron Donald is the best player. You know how Stephen A. Smith does it. When you yeah. look at Aaron Donald. Man, that guy's the worst. Don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me about Aaron Donald. I don't want to hear don't you, like, don't you disrespect my opinion on Aaron Donald being the best player in the league. Yeah. Just Google going, spitting, spittle, flying everywhere. I saw, I was actually, it's funny you say Stephen Smith because I had done a, a little Stephen Smith, I, I tweeted something out and then, you know, it was, uh, or someone sent me a message, a, a message saying, hey, you remember this take? And he was, he was basically trash on the Rams. And I'm like, ah, you know what, I'm going to give him, it was early in the off season, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. Or it was the McVeigh hire, you know, he, his child gets hired, he's this, he's that, he's no good, and da, da, da. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure, I don't watch ESPN, but I'm sure he's, you know, made amends and apologized for, for being wrong. And then someone sends me something from, they had just signed um, Akib Tlaib and, and Marcus Peters. And they just made those uh-huh. moves. And, and he's like, yeah, they're not the best. They're not the best team in the NFC. What are you guys talking about? It's it's the Eagles and it's the Saints. And yeah, they're still a distant third. Jared Goff is going to be terrible. He's overrated. It was a fluke year. And he's just doing this full thing. And I'm thinking, that's why I don't watch ESPN. That's exactly why. Because it's just bad takes after bad takes. It's a format, and it works, just not for us. Um, like I said, Greg Zerline's bag. That works for me. What do you guys think about Legatron? Joey, what do you think That's about great. Legatron? I think he puts my, uh, he puts my heart at ease, man. I, was, uh, yeah. I really just hated watching these backup kickers go in there and just tough. scare the shit out of me. It was just <laughs> – it was too stress-inducing, man. I mean, like, we're winning these games, but still, you have these moments where you just have – Sam Pickin just going out there and just shanking 35-yard kicks. I mean, mm. it's, it, it's a bad year for kickers. Last year was a bad it's year for I was kickers. About to say, it felt like as it's well. a really Justin bad Tucker. year for kickers. Justin Tucker Justin, misses a game-winning or game-time extra point, right? Yeah. And you had the yeah. Cowboys when they had that weird penalty from their long snapper, which I thought was kind of bullshit for a guy that's done that every long snap of his very, very, very long career. It was like Imagine Jake McQuaid getting called for a penalty for long snapping the way he's always long snapped and never gotten a penalty. Very strange. Backs him up five yeah. yards and kicker yeah. clangs it off the upright. Uh, in a couple weeks ago, Mason kickers. Crosby, who's been money his almost his entire career, he, now maybe he's shank. I don't know what's going on. Any any theories? Joey, you're good at this kind of psychoanalysis. What's the theory? What's going on with the kickers this year? Are they? Is it the midterms? Is it the lunar cycle? Are we out of phase with the dawning of the age of Aquarius? What's going on with the kickers? <laughs> It sounds like something Augie should tackle. Yeah, I'll wake him up. We'll bring him in here. He's wearing his little... It's the tides. They changed tides. The tidal basin switched its pressure level. Most of these kickers are actually Leos. They they put a new rule in where they had to have a shorter stud on their plant foot, which means they're slipping and causing the angle to... Yeah. Kind of pathetic that I have to explain magnetic field to you guys. I'm just saying... <laughs> and then he's gonna go go back to bed with his uh with his elephant lovey. Um, <laughs> yeah, Devin, man, who knows? Having GZ no, back I, has been great. It was it, it was it wasn't it like a sense of calm. Yes, yes, watching the game yesterday. Yeah. I'm not worried about him fucking this up. 
Sorry, yeah. I should censor that. Screwing this up. Uh, it's, just, it's, uh, it's funny. Geez, we're no right longer right. a clean podcast. <clears throat> we are no longer a clean podcast. We're I mean, no I mean we, we, have, we have an excellent kicker. We have an excellent punter. And we're scoring so much. Mm. That, I mean, mm. I oh, we have an excellent punter still. Oh, did we mm. lose Johnny Hecker? Did Johnny, is Johnny Hecker... Is he, I'm not going to blame him for the block. Uh, just, it's, does it feel like Johnny Hecker is not Johnny Hecker? And is it because he has okay. a lack of practice? Here's here's my question. Maybe. Maybe that's the issue. Is Hecker having his Greg Zerline, what, what year was it, 2015? Remember oh, Greg Zerline had whoa. that one bad year? Oh, yeah. He had that one bad year where it just wasn't good. And remember we brought in Taylor Bertolet the next <laughs> training camp because some people wanted a real competition and – yeah, Greg Zerline had his one bad year. This kind of feels like Hecker's bad year, right? Johnny Hecker still pissed at me for that year because I, uh, I, I I rode Jeezy pretty hard, and he called me out well, for it, like on a Monday, Monday night football. No, he wasn't. It was like a Monday night football game, and someone shanked one to the like wide right, and I'm wow, that's a that's a Zerline special. And he's like, not cool, man. He said, sends me a DM, and I'm no longer followed by Johnny Hecker. <laughs> no, you got, that was it. So he was easy, not happy. That but it was, it's well, the truth. I mean, it's just how it is. And he just – he had a 50-yarder last uh, – yesterday, which is you know more Hecker-ish. Yeah. But he just hasn't been – he hasn't been Johnny Hecker. It just I don't know. Come back it just hasn't been Johnny Hecker. We Come on, to. Johnny. Um, we, need, we need the foot. What we did get was little Nicky. I like little Nicky. Nick Williams, our new uh, slot receiver in there. Funking it up with all signaling for a first down before he's even tackled, and all five foot three of him just out there gumming up the works. What do you guys think about little Nicky? He is little yeah, Nicky. I, I think if I take my glasses off, he it's Cooper Cup out there. No, right. hey, whoa, you you take them words back, sir. Cooper Cup's <laughs> little brother. <laughs> I really thought that they were gonna they were gonna put Robert Woods in the slot, and uh, but they were uh, they had other plans. And uh, sure, I was with it. I, mean, I, I, I thought he had a good play, and I thought he he, he brought some uh, electricity to the to the offense. So yeah. I mean, it seems like they're talking about Cooper Cup possibly coming back next week versus Green Bay. But let's just say he doesn't come back, and he has another week out, another two weeks out. I think this guy's fine. It's it's a different. I, I thought they were gonna maybe extend the offense to the tight ends, try to get some more looks to Tyler Higby and young Gerald, but that it was, it was the status quo with those dudes. So I mean, really just felt like your boy missed a tight end at wide open in the end zone. Right. He's not my boy. No, your boy is Jared Goff. (laughs) Oh, 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 right. Right? Going to the corner. He, you know, no, he, he sailed one on Higby bad. He was open. Uh, you know, he was he was okay. Eighteen twenty four. It's not like he missed many, but he he did miss that one. That was that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, that's going to add some tension to guacamole night when they're all hanging out. <laughs> Jared, hey, bro. Like, Yo, Jared. It's like I was open, bro. You know, I don't, I don't get yeah. the looks I used to get, and you, you just <laughs> left me hanging, bro. I, I even put my flip flops by the door, like yes, and I brought. <laughs> I brought the cheese dip just like I always have, and you gotta look yeah. my way one more. It, I mean, it just seems like the only time we have a good rhythm is when we play Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> do you feel? This is a question for you boys. Do you do you feel a difference in the offense without Cup in it right now? Does it feel? I mean, it's still pretty good. Does it? But does uh, it feel like it's humming like it was? Well, it's really small, it's small sample, sample size. size. Yeah, two. Oh weeks. wow! Wow! Well Ooh. done, James. Oh. Hive mind. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm di- even discounting the last like two weeks ago in, in Denver because it was cold, and you know I'm just throwing that entire game out. Like it was a girly game anyway. It's twenty whatever. But right. yesterday, just the past game was eighteen twenty four two o two. They really didn't need it because all the defensive, you know, the defense sure. carried the day for them. They didn't really and have returns, to. And returns, man. Field position. Yeah, JoJo. JoJo. We, we started every damn drive at like the forty on their side of the field. Yeah. It's crazy that Robert Woods only had five receptions, and it felt like he had 10 or 12. It right. just felt like constantly it was like Robert Woods, Robert Woods. But it just, again, you know, it was only 18 yeah. completions, and, you know, five of them went to Woods. But, you know, it, it was really just Woods and Cooks and, you know, and then some to Gurley, but um, – and two to Nick Williams. But – and the big one, yeah, it just feels a little bit different. It, it felt a little slight. It, it was interesting that they scored 39 points, but it wasn't like this air attack or anything like that. You know, it felt like they moved the ball and they got girly to punch it in, which, you know, we've done a couple times this season. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it just, I mean, remember back to the, the Viking game where that thing was just humming. It was like a weld oil machine and it was inside sure, out. Yeah. They're, you know, they were just going every which way but loose. I mean, like, you know, fake jet sweep here, that way, you know, crossing people and linebackers. And, you know, it's it's working, and, and they scored 39 points. But I was like, oh, this isn't – I'm missing – you know what it is? Maybe it's because I've been watching Pat Mahone just tear things mm-hmm. up the last couple of weeks. And that kid's been yeah. on prime time more than he needs to be. Um, right. Not, not that he needs to be. But, you know, he, he's getting all the love, and they're getting all the love. Uh, deservedly so. He's playing out of his mind. I just don't – after watching that Vikings game, I thought, all right, here we go. We're going to take off. And then we just, you know, we're winning. We're winning comfortable. And that's all you want to do is win. But just I'm going to wait for this thing to just explode like that team does. They're fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just went over for maybe it was the lack of the cup and the cup consistency and what he does. And, you know, I'm not going to discount what Robert Wood has, Woods has done sure. taking over for him in that spot. But when those three are out there, they just, they're very complementary to each other. And they all do what they do well. And it just seems – like it's really rolling, and right now it seems like it's it's stuck in like fourth gear and not getting into fifth. Well, it it felt like a quiet game for Goff. He had no interceptions, but technically, I mean, yeah, he didn't right. have any interceptions. Yeah. But there's that one play where they it, it they ruled it incomplete. But it it felt like I don't know. It's still in my heart. I felt like that was an interception just because it felt like okay, that's we just turned the ball over and then they you know they turned it back, but. They just didn't you know, accept. He had, he had quiet two touchdowns. We offered them an interception. Yards. And they politely declined. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just it it kind of felt like it could have been a worse game for Goff, but he he kind of uh, narrowly escaped some scrapes, and his stat line looked respectable. But I think when you watch the game, and I I think if you ask me hey, what's the score, I wouldn't say it's thirty nine to ten. <laughs> you know, it right. felt like. Yeah, the, the, those points kind of were quietly started building. You know, it wasn't this sort of like highlight reel where you're just like, oh man, I'm going to watch Sports Center and we're going to watch the Rams blow it up. You know, it just felt like they just methodically tore the 49ers apart in the sort of. Yeah, you know, they, you know. they had the pump block. Uh, ball goes out of the end zone for the safety. And so they got, right. what, the two points there and then the field goal after. So, so they got five instead of seven when it really should have been, you know, seven to 10 points in theory. Uh, yeah. You know they, they just left. They can continually leave points on the field, and yet they're winning by 29 points. So, I mean, this is just getting super nitpicky on my part, and I realize that. 
It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's do standout players. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, yep, I got it. I'm gonna go with. I gotcha. I'm gonna go with uh, Troy Hill. We talked about him uh, in the uh, pregame thing where I said this wasn't the kind of game for a Todd Gurley to stand out, and it wasn't. Even though he had his three touchdowns, he he didn't have a ton of yards on the ground. He didn't really dominate things. It was more like Joey said. It was the slow burn of just dismantling a team, and it was Todd Gurley who, with his short touchdown runs and obviously that one pass that he took into the end zone, really helped out his fantasy owners. But overall, it was just the defense and special teams. And I thought Troy Hill had a really, really, really good game. Miles had a great write, uh, write-up. Miles Simmons, uh, team insider for the Rams, had a great write-up on Troy Hill. And, you know, having a bounce-back performance, I thought it was really important for him having struggled. And as a fan favorite, I'm hoping uh, maybe it can set him right because we still got a couple more weeks uh, until we get to the bye before we find out if Aqib Tlaib is able to come back this year. And we're going to need a lot more Troy Hill. So I thought it was really important to get the game that we got from him. Yep. My uh, yeah. my guy was Malcolm Brown. Oh, and uh, you know after after Gurley carries the ball a million times in Denver, uh, turned yards. The question started arising. You know, are you using it too much? You're gonna wear him out. We, I think McVay even talked about. You know, we need to make sure he's fresh, and we gotta stop, be mindful of that. And he was. He had that almost that entire series until they gave the ball back to Gurley to score the touchdown. But he had 13 carries for 65 yards, 5.0 average. He had a 10 as the longest run. Uh, I think he had a reception in there as well. Uh, you know, it was nice to see him come in and spell him and not, not be any drop and give Gurley a little bit of a rest where he doesn't have to carry the ball 30 times a game. He can carry it 13 times or 15 times a game. He still had more carries than Brown, uh, but, you know, they had 15 and 13, and, you know, Brown got some play in there at the end when they were, you know, pulled everyone in the fourth quarter. But he did have a series when the game was still, you know, considered like a game. It was, was I don't know if it was close or not, but it was still, you know, in question. And he, you know, he he does well in pass pro. He he runs hard. He's more of a downhill runner. He's not going to really run away from you or whatever. But it seems like he he's not hesitant. He sets up his blocks and uh, he just he he hits it up there. And, and he's he's usually good for three to six yards. He just runs hard. I like I like him. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And I thought this was a good sign because we're going to need more of that. We're going to need him to spell Gurley when we can and keep him fresh for uh, the end of the year in the playoffs. Who you got, yeah. Michael Brockers. You know, he didn't Brock. technically have any sacks, but it felt like a couple of those sacks that Aaron Donald was uh, credited with, I felt Brockers was right there too. And I felt like he's such a great presence on the defensive line. And, you know, he, he did have a he did have a tackle, 1.5 tackles for a loss. But I, I, I feel like... He's one of the he's he's like an underrated guy right now because everybody's talking about Donald and then Sue's the next guy to talk about on defensive line. So I think he kind of gets uh gets pushed to the side a little bit when you're giving credit to this defense. And I just feel like he's such an opposing figure and he's and he's just really kind of being disruptive. And it was just really fun to kind of watch him play because I think they really really made C.J. Beathard look nervous, and they really kind of made that pocket a very temporary thing. And, you know, even though, you know, we talk about those splash plays, like, yeah, he didn't have any splash plays, but when you were just watching that game and I watched it like for the second time, and I just felt like Brockers was always there. Like he's just constantly just like this force of just like pushing these guys around. And I feel like they really manhandled that offensive line with the 49ers. And it was the, 
I, I think for a unit of the defensive line, it was their best game of the season by far. I just thought I thought I they have, just but great. I have heard Aaron Donald's football skill set compared to a bear. What animal <laughs> would you compare Michael Brocker's football skill set to? That's interesting. I don't because he's much he's he's much taller. So like he's you much know, bigger. I, something like I was like a kangaroo or something. <laughs> I like it. I go mythical more like a minotaur. Yeah, like, like minotaur. Yeah, oh, big, right? Just a, because he's a beast. He, I mean, he, I he was really thinking is. angry mother hippopotamus, but definitely the angry mother, not just any hippopotamus. Angry the angry mother hippopotamus who you know when the herd is threatened just blurred and just like yeah. burst through. And, I like it. Angry mother hippopotamus. Angry mother hippopotamus. Not pretty, not very technical, just Can we go angry mother rhinoceros? That's yeah. a little too like, – like the, the horn is almost too uh, specific. I don't feel like Brockers has a horn in his game. He's more like a – you know how the hippopotamus Could, has those – how do you describe their teeth? What is up with their teeth? You know how it looks like yeah, a, they're like, a big old – yeah, they're like yeah. flat surface. And they have like multiple rows. And that's Michael Brockers. Multiple <laughs> rows of flat teeth that don't look like they hurt. But when you get in them, it's like one of those old uh, aluminum can crushers. But that's what it does to your entire body. Just <laughs> Yeah. Aluminum can crushing teeth. Yeah. <laughs> that's all Michael Brockers. Um, let's go big picture. Here's a fun one. I posted the story today. Joey, you talked about it earlier. Team MVP. Uh, I'm trying to get it uh, sent to our fan pulse. I don't want to impact the most important election of our lifetime by voting for this because it definitely is. Uh, but if I give you guys these four candidates for MVP, Sean McVay, uh, let's do five. Sean McVay, Aaron Donald. And you can't Jared include Donald. Sean McVay because he's going to win. I must. I must. This is the internet and we do what the internet wants. Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and the offensive line as a unit. Who would you pick for your MVP? Well, we know um, who Joe's going to pick. Yeah, I know who Joe's going to pick, which makes me want to go against him and just to annoy him and get the get the banter going. I pick the angry mother hippopotamus. Just if I don't pick her, she's going to get mad. <laughs> I'm the MVP. I mean, if you're going to include Sean McVay, I'm going to take Sean McVay because he's been yeah. the the single biggest difference in this team. But I'm going to I'm going to take the coach out of it because I think that's the easy answer. Um, and I'm going to agree with you. This offensive line, they protect. They hmm. protect. They protect Goff, and they pave the way for Todd Gurley to be on the cover of magazines and sports centers and that, all the other stuff that comes with it. But if you watch Roger Saffold, Austin Blythe, I mean, all of them. Sosa, we had guys complaining about John Sullivan in, in our TST Slack channel last night. I'm thinking, what is there to complain about? I mean, okay, he's not – you've got the two tackles and the two guards getting all the accolades on the pro football focus things, but – I don't think Sully's playing bad, so what are we worried about? Let's let's wait for next year to be next year and the year after whatever. So I'm going to say as a group, I'll take the O-line because I think they make that thing go. Um, I watched a terrible offensive line. I saw I saw Timmy Barnes be god-awful uh, for years. I saw Greg Robinson be awful for years. Um, Dave and Joseph. I saw many, yeah, uh, just, just um, Harvey Dahl. I mean, just keep uh, going. Go down the list. Just terrible play. Um I'm going to go offensive line. 
I'll take the I'll take the I'll take the big boys up front all day because they paved the way. What you got, Joe? What do you think I got? I got Jared Goff by Large Adult Son. I think that he's going to uh, keep getting better during the season. And so far in these uh, seven games, I feel like he has just been really sort of like the backbone of the team. I mean, I think he allows all all of the other. I mean, of course, of course, the offensive line. I, I want to give you credit on that one. It's not. Um, I don't want to say that like we shouldn't be giving heaps of praise to the offensive line because I totally agree with you. But as far as just we're talking about the skill positions of what you naturally would give these MVP awards to, I just feel like Goff deserves it because he, in one way, I think allows allows Gurley to um, to get these to get these big holes because they have to. Um, I think that play action is just done so well. Yeah, and I feel like when when he just kind of goes out on those on those bootlegs and he and he keeps hitting Robert Woods, I just feel like you could really just bet on it. And he has just this this command of this offense right now, and he's still really young, and I, I still feel like the game's slowing down for him and it's coming to him. So yeah, maybe he shouldn't be like the MVP this year. I mean, that might be a little bit early, but it feels feels to me by the way he's playing in the next. Uh, the, the next couple of years, I think he's going to be like for sure, like that's our MVP. Well, he's going to yeah, string um, four quarterbacks over the next four weeks to to match. Right, sure. he's got he's got four guys that we're going to have direct comparisons to. So let's uh, yeah, let's see what he's got. What do you think, Joe? Are you going to go? Oh well, oh well, you're going to go with with Goff. I agree with one of you. I agree with Joey. Sorry, oh, Robo. You wrote I that know today. You thought- I, I wrote it. I said it. It's true. I, I read I, you it. Know, I love the offensive line. They're great, and they're doing a great job. Jared Goss has got 2,130 yards through seven games, man. That's not I, – I get it. It feels like, especially after a game like this where, like what we were saying, where it doesn't feel like he had a special game, and it's been a couple weeks. The Broncos game, he wasn't particularly sharp. The Vikings game is now almost a month old where it feels like we haven't gotten that performance. But over the course of seven games – Jared Goff has been really, 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 really good. Um, He's going into this weekend, right? Yeah, he was leading the league in passing not too long ago. Going into this week, Pro Football Focus ranked him the number two quarterback in the entire NFL. He's been really, really good at the most important position. As much as I love the offensive line, and I'd love to give him this kind of award, this isn't the award for them. If we're talking about the most valuable player, we're talking about at the most important position. I got to go with Joey's guy. It's Jared G. Uh, I saw Sean Mannion yesterday, who was just as effective of Jared, as Jared Goff. Uh, so I think that's directly because the offensive line helped him out. I mean, Your mouth is no. spewing the garbage. <laughs> he had three carries for one yard yesterday. Goff had two for four. I mean, come on. That's almost I'm the ready same for some thing. I do want some more giraffe mode in my life. I love it. Uh, we got a note here on Nate Burleson. One of you guys saw this because it wasn't me. I did. What did you I, uh, I well, I I do enjoy the Good Morning Football. No, Joey, no, what? don't do that. Well, well, don't do it yourself. I feel no. like now we live in this age where you, anytime you say something that you like something, it there's always someone that's that's telling you how it's problematic. 
So I feel like I need to kind of vet things that make me happy in my life now. I'm like, oh, is, is, is that okay that I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Is, is peanut butter and jelly is good. <laughs> so good. Well, did you read that article? Jelly gives you herpes or whatever. Uh, my biggest, Go on. My Mainly biggest issue is Good Morning Football. Now forget the, the Burleson Good Morning Football. I want to hear about this jelly herpes thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like, you know, when you're uh, when you're having sex with a hooker while eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I mean, I'm not making the connection, but <laughs> herpes isn't involved. No, I think um, Nate Burleson was saying that he thinks that the Rams could go 16-0, and 0, and he, he was possibly being – I don't think he's being hyperbolic. That was just – they were trying to find out what game the Rams were going to lose. Sure. And I saw that again on another show, and a lot of people think, well – there's a good chance I get the Packers, but maybe the New Orleans or Philadelphia, uh, those could be games that they could lose. But Nate Burleson's like, no, I think they can go 16 and 0. Do you guys think that that is uh, something that you're even hoping for? Is that something that uh, you think, yeah, that could totally happen? Or are you just like, you know what? Let's, let's not even worry about that. What do you think, Rob? Uh, you want me to take that? I'll, I picked them to go fourteen and two in our preseason like poll. Too negative. I just you know like fourteen and two. <sighs> Saints, Green Bay Packers. They'll have their first two game losers. Like Sean McVay's you know, career or whatever. I'll just I'm just had to pick two because no one goes sixteen and zero unless you know you're the Dolphins. They didn't even go sixteen and zero, right? They went fourteen. Right. Uh, so right. Yeah, it's like all right. Uh, I got to find a couple losses. I threw them out there. But as I'm watching this team, honestly, do, do I expect them losing a game? No. Would I be Shocked if they did? No. So I don't think Nate Bolson's full of crap because I thought it myself. Like this team legitimately could go sixteen and zero. They're they've got that much talent, and I think we we talked about this before. I just don't see the coaching staff. Staff, and I watched Sean McVay's presser again today. Someone asked him about you know the next four games coming up. You got these four quarterbacks. He's like, you know what, Gary? I think it's Gary Klein. We're gonna work. We're working worried about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'll, I'll deal with the other guys when it's their turn, but right now it's Aaron Rodgers, so that's who my focus is on. And I just don't think he's going to allow them to be looking down the road, and I think he, if they do, he'll run, run them back in. Do I see them going 16-0? No, I still don't see it, but I can't fault Nate for saying it, and he's not and he's not the reason why I don't like good morning football. It's it's Kyle Brandt. That guy is just he drives me nuts. He's a clown. He's a clown. What's that? I don't like him. Go, what what is this you don't like about Tom Brand? I'm confused. No, he, oh, he's yeah. just a clown. He's uh, he's just it's he just he something about him annoys me. He just he tries for the funny laugh. He's not funny. He gets overly hyped. It just it seems very fake and forced. And mm-hmm. there's nothing about the Kyle Brand Brand experience that I want to enjoy. He should go back to soaps. Get out. Go back to soaps. Go go be the uh, that guy. I turn it on this morning. You don't watch the Kyle Brandt football experience. No, I, I put it on this morning as, as I as I woke up and they're in, they're in London broadcasting and he's wearing like you know the Union Jack T-shirt with his jacket. I'm like, he's just hipster dork trying to be cool. Just go away. Don't like don't this. want him. He's just don't one of like these him. guys that everything he does annoys you. He just yeah he's like yeah. he's one of those guys that's like no, I just this guy just went the wrong way. We we couldn't Who's be, somebody we couldn't like that for you, Joey? Somebody that just no matter what they do, they can't get right. Somebody that just annoys you at every turn. Skip Bayless. Oh, Skip, Whoa. that's a good one. An easy one, I but a good one. I can't stand Skip Bayless. I think that guy. Yeah. Well, and I think when he was on the show with 
Michael A. Um, Stephen A. Smith, it was just like the worst show in the world for me. I just felt like it was like blowhard, the TV I, show. Like, I'll say that I don't it. think that Kyle Brandt is on his level. That guy, that guy takes the cake, take takes the cake for like unwatchable. Just Kyle just annoys me. Who's who's yeah. your guy, Joe? I'll tell you, my guy. I've got to tell you a fun fact first. Uh, do you guys know what Skip Bayless eats every day? Oh, I know he's a big workout guy, so probably like, he's a, big like, workout a, like guy. a T-bone steak or something. Nope. Every Monday, he well, orders chicken. chicken and broccoli from a local Manhattan uh, Chinese restaurant. Every single Monday, he has chicken and broccoli. Do you know what he has every Tuesday? Chicken and broccoli? Chicken he and has asparagus. chicken and broccoli from the exact same Chinese restaurant. Do you know what he has every Wednesday and Thursday? You are getting at what I'm getting at. Skip Bayless could be a serial killer because Skip Bayless <laughs> eats the exact same dinner every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of his life. Weekends, he goes to the same Manhattan deli and gets five sandwiches. On Friday, he has dates with his wife. But Monday through Thursday, he orders the same chicken and broccoli from the same restaurant and has done so for decades. That's, yeah, he's the worst. So you're saying Skip will not eat uh, deep-fried squirrel brain? So great. Uh, one yeah, and, and also, note, Skip Bayless does not ram it. I bet you. He never ran. No, Skip, Skip Bayless has <laughs> never rammed it. Not ram it. I'll give you the one that I hate, and it's, it's not to be political or anything. It's Hugh Hewitt. I don't know if you know who Hugh Hewitt is. Oh, yeah. He's a conservative radio commentator. I hate him for two reasons. Number one, he can't smile. I'll send you – I'll link this picture when I write up the podcast – I don't trust people that don't know how to smile because that's one of those things you learn as a fucking baby. And so to be a grown adult and he's like, he's like one of these people that has to like create this thing with his lips that looks the way human. It, it's almost like an alien. If you, if you have uh-huh. an alien and you're like, prove that you're a human and smile, it's the kind of thing yep. that an alien would do to be like, oh, you're not a human. You don't know how to smile. Yep. That's just weird. He does that. And then number two, he's just showing his he teeth. Does thing, yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh. He's like stretching real hard and you can see his lip like working to try to make it right. And then the other thing he does is this weird pedantic thing that's political that I probably shouldn't get into because nobody wants to talk about that. That's the guy. Hey, um, defense. Is the defense back on track or is this just one of the benefits of talking about a really bad team? What do you guys think about the defense? So, like you said, some big challenges coming up with some good quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to go with they played a shitty team. They did play a shitty team. I'll take they played a shitty team for 200, Alex. Nice. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I thought it was encouraging, and it's nice to see them play well. I want to see it again and again and again. But, it, yeah, it was definitely encouraging. I, I'm not going to say that they are back on track yet because they were playing the San Francisco 49ers. But if they do this against the Packers and they do it against the New Orleans Saints, yeah, they'll be back on track. So this is a nice first step. We've got one here about the national media spending time on the Rams. Joey, I'm assuming this was you as well, because this is an interesting one. Well, yeah. So, okay. So there is talk when you, when you watch sports center and I know Robbo doesn't, but if you watch anything on the NFL network or Fox sports or whatever the hell you watch in your, your land of Seattle, it feels like th- they talk about the New York giants a lot and the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, 
But then when they're talking about the teams that they should be talking about, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, the Rams are good. Uh, but let's talk about Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about, sure. you know, New, uh, New England Patriots. And I just feel right. like right now they're kind of saying, like, okay, yeah, yeah, besides the Rams, they almost push them aside to talk about the sure. other teams. And I feel I like thought this last night. I, I feel like Ooh. one thing is because the, the the games right now don't have that much intrigue to them. It's it's just like Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. That are you really gonna sit there and go, well, the way they dismantle the Washington Generals tonight? It's right. like, well, no, they're just killing them. That's just what they do. But when you had that game with New England played Kansas City, it's like, well, that's a game that like Scott Van Pelt's gonna sit there for twenty minutes and break down every highlight, and if they're gonna be talking about it for three days. We also haven't had a lot of primetime games right now that besides the Minnesota game, I, I felt like that was the one game that's like, okay, let's really talk about the Rams. But, you know, we lost a Sunday night football game because of the San Francisco sure. 49ers, and we might get one in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? But it but it just feels like I think it's because of the fan bases. I feel like it's, there's more eyes on these other just bigger, huge fan bases and that's what's going on these cable networks that right now, the, since the Rams do have a smaller fan base, even though they're in this big market, it just, it feels like they're almost treated like they play in like Jacksonville, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it, it's, I think it's, that's, it's a mix of that and uh, a, a lack of, of, of big highlights around. I think if there's more bombs to branded cooks and huge runs by Todd Gurley, then yeah, I'm sure they would get on the highlight reel a lot more. But I don't think like a four-yard run by Todd Gurley is going to be something that people are going to be like, that's top ten play. So no, you'd, eh. you'd much you'd much rather see a highlight of Patrick Mahomes running with his head cut off and then flinging some, you know, a twenty-yard rope off his back foot uh, in a in a small window for a touchdown. It's like, ah, oh, that guy, that's fantastic, and it is. But it's 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 not as sexy. It's a, a Todd Gurley four-yard run is not as sexy as that. I was. I had the same thought last night because I record uh, NFL Networks, NFL Primetime, and you're talking about people you probably should hate just by watching them speak. Shannon Sharp and Deion Sanders are probably right at the top of the list. Oh, I love Shannon um, Sharp. You don't like Shannon Sharp? But a lot of people just don't like him. So I'm like, all right, I get, I get that people don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I usually record it because they, they do the whole, you know, if you ball, you get the call thing. I always like to see if like, and the Rams get any, get, get any of that love. And I record it so I can just fly through it on my you know, DVR and, and delete it if there's nothing interesting. And it took until about 40 minutes before they even mentioned the Rams yesterday. The only undefeated yeah. team in the league yeah, they played the 49ers, but they went through a lot of slappies to get there. And I'm like, really? You, you finally, you got to finally acknowledge that there's a 7 0 team in the league? Um, you know, you had a dominant performance by the best player in football? I just, I yeah. just didn't, didn't get it. So, yeah, they talked up the Chiefs, they talked up everyone else, you know, the, the Panthers and the Eagles, who are, you know, combined, don't have as many wins as the Rams. Sure. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's where we're at. That's, it's where they're at. And, it, a lot of it leads into, I think you just nailed it, Jerry, but the lack of primetime games. Um, the Chiefs have been on the primetime the last couple of weeks. They've had, you know, they're exciting because their defense is garbage, so they're always in exciting, close, high-scoring games. Um, I think that lends to it. You know, Mahomes is great, but you could also flip it over and say their defense is flat-out terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I've seen jokes out there, people talking about, the, you know, the, the Rams' the Rams Kansas City game is going to be 50 
5148, and they're not sure who's who's going to have what number. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, you could also, you know, we had like we should have had if, if Jimmy G was not hurt and they didn't have their whole team sure. decimated, that we would have had a prime time game yesterday. They flexed it. Um, I would like yeah. to have seen them. We'd like to see them flex the Rams and in, in New Orleans from Sunday to Monday and get rid of Tennessee Dallas on Monday Night Football. I don't think anyone on the planet wants to watch that, even if Amari Cooper is going to be playing. Or uh, even next week, the the Patriots yeah. against the Bills. Ugh. Right, it's like blah, whatever. That's going to be no one juicy. Needs, no one wants to see that. Uh, Green Bay, you know Green damn well I do. You're right that nobody else does. I no. absolutely want to see it. You will. Uh, how about how about this Monday Night game? New York. At San Francisco, November twelfth. Who? Who wants to watch that? Who wants to see oh, the Joseph Giants? H. The McAtee. Giants at Forty Niners. <laughs> when you can have, uh, you know, Dallas hey, or hey, Seattle at the at the Rams. Dude, flip that one. Hey over. Joe, is, is your middle name um, Herbert? And were you named after Justin <laughs> Herbert? <laughs> so sadly, so sadly, no. I've got one of these weird Louisiana middle names that was passed down to me from. Long, long ago from generations beyond. Um, yeah, I mean, Joey nailed it. It's just about the fan base. We don't have a yeah. big fan base. And that's, no. you know, to the, mainly the result of losing for 15 years. And that's what happens versus, you know, teams, the Cowboys and the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Patriots and, and the Eagles that have, you know, been in the playoffs frequently and win a lot and have history there. We've got a great history, but you're talking about a greatest show on turf era that was sandwiched in between Two really long sustained eras of uh, pretty, pretty crappy football. And it, that just means there's our church isn't as big as other churches. And that's okay. It doesn't mean our religion's any worse. Uh, it just means there's not as many of us packing the pews on Sundays. That's all. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Ringo so the Rams a lot of love. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, but they were just talking today how. You know, he has does is like they guesses the lines with with cousin Sal, and he does the parlay with the Rams every week, and so he's always just going to keep betting on the Rams, and uh, and then you know all the Robert Mays and those guys are always writing about the Rams. I feel like the, the, they're they're one of those kind of outlets. I don't even know how many people read the Ringer. I just I just like that site. I go on it every day, but uh, I feel like they give the Rams a lot of love. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I thought, there's. There's a lot to like on that team, right? So it, it's it's coming around just like the greatest show on turf. They came out of nowhere and uh, they won, and they you know everyone talked about them then, and then they went away. If this continues, they'll start getting more and more attention. It's not like not like they never talk about the Rams. It's just they talk about some other teams more often. Yeah, but we're the greatest show on surf, Robbo. Jesus. Yeah. Am I just trying to make catch happen? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the thing I, I like to think about, and I, I told a lot of people before, is think about how many Rams fans now became Rams fans during the greatest show on turf. Right? There's a ton. And oh, yeah. if you go on Twitter uh-huh. and you talk to people, there's a ton of people that that's when they became Rams fans. So it's going to take a while to grow the brand that is based on success. And you're going to get sure you're going to get some fair weather fans who I'm no longer a blank fan just because the Rams are winning and they'll be gone and. Whenever we suck again, it'll happen, but you're going to create, and especially if we can, you know, extend this window four, five, six, seven, eight years, you're going to create lifelong fans that are going to build a new church that'll be much bigger and we'll all be there on Sundays. Um, I need to quit this church analogy because Jesus hates me for it. Uh, on to the next one. 
How are we feeling about Green Bay? We're going to do a Green Bay preview. I'm on the Acme Packing Company podcast tomorrow night talking to them about stuff. What do we think about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? What do you guys think? I think their quarterback's really good. He's good at football. I think their defense is not. They're not great. They're they're not great. I've got a really close friend. That's, that's what makes that's that's a fun setup, yep. right? Yep. I've got a really close close friend who is a uh, Green Bay Packers fan, and I sent him a message saying, "Hey, want to get together and watch the game this weekend?" And he's like, uh, "No, I would rather go shopping with my wife than watch you guys kick my ass for three hours." So I'm out. And he's yeah. he's from he's and from I, Milwaukee. He's he's out. He doesn't want to walk it. Watch it. Um, He's mentioning yeah. odds from the Ringer show. <clears throat> One note: This is the biggest underdog uh, by the odds of Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, the line got set at eight and a half points in favor of the Rams. It's the biggest mm. uh, line in favor of an oppos- uh, of an opponent for Aaron Rodgers in his career. Yeah, and I think they're adjusting the lines because the Rams are are are, are beating the spread, or you know. They're just they're beating teams so so much so they're trying to, they're trying to figure out how not to lose money on the Rams, but I, I think Green Bay is just a sneaky team. It's it, it's hard to take them for granted a lot of the time. And yeah, their defense is bad, but they uh, they they still figure out ways to win games. So I I'm not uh, as confident as I was going into the past couple games. I think I was. I was, I was a little bit uh, concerned going into Minnesota's games. I feel like I have the same amount of concern going into this Green Bay game because I just don't like playing against Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I do like the fact that we're playing at home. I wouldn't want to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Have you guys been to Green Bay, by the way? No. I've never been to uh, Green Bay. I've been to Milwaukee, but not out to Green Bay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, sh- a short little story. I, I worked for uh, casting for, for Big Brother 2, and we had to do like semi – final interviews with people so if you like send in your tape to be on the show then cbs hmm. would kind of send out the casting people to go interview you to see like in person so you'd go to the cbs affiliate the closest place you were so i had two areas i had chicago and green bay so i went to chicago for a couple of days all these crazy people and then we we flew to green bay just a small little plane from chicago and we get in and it's just you know when you go to an airport and they have like flags be like america flags and they'll be like you know if you're like in California, be like, you know, the California flag or whatever. They had Packer flags hanging in the airport, like from the rafters. They had the cheese flags. I'm like, okay, cool. This is fun. So we get in the cab and it's like, this, you know, this like just big fat white guy named Larry. And he's like, Hey, you know, it was just delicious accent. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, are you, you know, you know, I'm like 22. I'm like, are you a Packer fan? And he's like, Oh, he's like, I've been on the waiting list since I was a baby. Eight years old, and I yeah. haven't got my ticket yet. <laughs> They've got that issue and with the whole waiting for some guy to die. Yeah. And he gave us just a free tour. Like he just was like, "Oh, let me drive you around the town," and because uh, it's like a paper mill town. And you know, we went. He's like, "This is Mike Holmgren way," and I was like, "He doesn't coach the Packers anymore, and he has his own highway." <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like. That they just are giving out like streets and, and Chuck Knoxway, John Robinson it's, Street. I was gonna say, is Sean McVay gonna get a highway? He's gonna get a freeway in LA <laughs> name for him eventually, right? He's, he's gonna get a toll road. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, take the 101 to the McVay. Oh, avoid the McVay today. It's murder out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the McVay, not McVay, McVay. Highway. 
They, they should just the name the, the the carpool lane the McVeigh. Like take the you know use the passing lane and the, the McVeigh. Use yep. Two or more you know, people that use the McVeigh. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going down to the placenta parade. I got to take the McVeigh, man. Oh, <laughs> dude, sucks. Right. Don't take Metro. Um, Do you know who yeah. the Packers second leading receiver is? This year? The Packers' second leading receiver. I'm Devontae. Yeah. I'm totally. I don't know. Devontae yes. Adams is, the, is number one at 557 okay. yards, six touchdowns. Number two, Jimmy Graham. And what have the Rams struggled with this year? Oh, there you go. That could be Tight a thing. End. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something to watch. I, I, I just have a hard time writing off Aaron Rodgers anytime. I don't care how terrible his defense is. That guy's freaking great. That guy is freaking great. Um, if you, you haven't seen it. the if you haven't seen Sean McVay's press from today, he went on this huge Aaron Rodgers you know, love fest for about 45 seconds. He just, he's quite good. Started, he's just started doing the, you know, the, I remember this play and this play. He's like, you know, we had a, had a Sam Blitz and they had a fire zone dog. And he's just talking about the end. He just puts his back shoulder on fingertip. And he just starts going and going and going. And then he like reeled himself back in. Um, I, I, I have to think long and hard about what what I think this game is going to be. I picked them to lose this game in the, in the preseason, and I'm not sure yep. I'm going to change my vote. I might not change it. I hope I'm wrong, but right now we'll see. Know, they're coming. coming out of the bye. And how week, many, which is, how many oh. Packer fans are going to be in that stadium? We saw the Eagles fans fill it up. We saw the Vikings fans fill it up. How many Packer fans will be there, Joey? Will there be a couple? You know, I I don't think. I know they they have a national fan base, but I, I I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of Packers. So we used to have this place called Big Wings in Hollywood, and you'd go and they would Big have wings. all the different Big Wings, and everybody would be in their jerseys. So obviously you had all the you know the Eagles peoples and the Giants and the Redskins. You know everybody kind of had that, but you don't have a lot of people that are coming from Wisconsin to like move to LA as much as you do. Like everyone's from like Ohio, other or places, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the great thing about Big Wings is, is by the, by like halftime of the first game, there would always, you could just like clockwork, there would be a bunch of Philly, Philly fans fighting each other drunk in the parking lot. Usually it's like some girl <laughs> like in, a, in an Eagles jersey, like crying and be like, you know, don't test me, don't test me. I'll punch him in the face. And you're like, man, I love the parking lot of Big Wings. It's the best. Big Wings. That's where I met my wife. Um, yeah, no, I will say this. I think what, what you get with – and this is a great example for other cities that are looking to get the NFL and kind of the NFL experience is a lot of those Eagles fans and Packers fans in L.A. aren't necessarily people that moved to L.A. from Philadelphia or Wisconsin or anything. They just picked up that team for whatever reason. I'll give you an example. The playoff game last year uh, after I saw you guys sat fifth row next to a Packers fan who was quite clearly – not from Wisconsin, young Hispanic man who was from LA. We talked quite a bit. Um, yep. Became a Packers fan. Why? Just because they were good. And th- that's what the Rams are going to pick up. We're going to pick up guys like that. Those are the kind yeah. of Packers fans that'll be there. Going to be a fun game. We got a lot of preview to do. How does a young man from Croatia who lives in Hamilton, Ontario, become a Rams fan? Uh, the story because, uh, because they were good, and you know, great show on turf. You. You're right. We will start getting those fans, but we won't know about it for her until they become legal uh, in yep. like 10 years. It's gonna be they're doing I get mad at Sosa part. because he doesn't know who Tom Petty is, and he doesn't take that as an insult because he doesn't know who Tom Petty is. 
And so it's just this kind of circle that we're in. Tell him Tom Petty is an East Coast rapper from the 80s and have him research it. He'll be all over it. He'd love him. I love it. Uh, Speaking of young people that don't know anything, college. We had a fun week in college football. Did you guys watch any? Joey, you're a college football fan, an aficionado, an expert, a lover of all things CFB. Anything this weekend (laughs) that piqued your interest? Uh, Well, you know what? I watched my boy. Uh, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Quite good. What, what happened not, to not Justin? Not as great as game. Not as great as game. What, what happened to well, Justin Herbert? Well, I think, uh, I, I, have you guys ever heard of the, of the small school Washington State? He got polluted. Hey. Yeah. But um, you know what? I still feel like, put it down on paper right now, Joe and Robbo, the number one draft pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Could be. Could be. It's going to be going to well it matters if it's Arizona I don't think they're going to pick sure. them but um what's the other garbage team Buffalo the Bills they're not going to pick them either um yeah I'll follow, I don't know follow the Giants but you might also oh, get what even, happened with the Rams trading up to number 1 overall you might get to you know Arizona could hold the number 1 pick and trade it down to number 3 number 5 something like that for somebody who needs a quarterback and there's not that many teams that need a quarterback right now uh and there's not going to the, be that the, many the, great quarterbacks in this draft Oakland right. after they trade Derek Carr they will take him. Yeah, I could see I could see the New York Giants trading up for mm-hmm. for Justin Herbert. Anyways, so yeah, I watch I watched that game. Um, but uh, yeah, you know that 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 uh, Washington Washington State they uh that that, that was a big uh, a big Pac-12 battle, Pac-12 North battle. It was a good one. Well, what was interesting was Oregon almost came all the way back for people who didn't see it. It was twenty-seven to nothing at halftime. Uh, Wazoo, and then Oregon nearly mounted the comeback. They were down a touchdown late in the game, but uh, Washington State got another touchdown. Uh, uh, Desmond Patman able to put it away. Uh, good game. Robbo, you watch any college football this weekend? I watched the greatest college football team known to man win their second game in a row. Ugh, I did watch some of that game. It was a little sloppy for <clears throat> my time. I mean, it's a lot sloppy, but the W is a W. I'm not yeah. – I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to say anything other than all we got to do is win the next six or seven, and we got a shot because right now they are tied in the lost column with the uh, Pac-12 South with two. Everyone sucks in the South. All the good teams are in the North, and we got a shot to we got a shot so, to go to the playoff. You're, you're talking about Washington, right? Oh my man, UCLA no, Bruins! No. Come on, UCLA over the greatest Pac-12 South team going. They got Utah this week. When they stick it in Utah's back, then they got uh, – who else they got? They got um, USC in the schedule. They got Stanford in the schedule. They got to make some noise. Chip has got the boys rolling. 31-30 in Arizona. Big win. Go Bruins. Don't hey, J- Joe, can, can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah. oh, it's, it's a, um, am I silly for thinking this question? Are you ready? I'm ready. I think Notre Dame could win the national championship, beating Alabama. You're not wrong. No, that's not wrong. I, I They're like pretty it. good. As long as it's not Michigan, Notre Dame football this year. Um, I I I, I grew up watching all of them, and there it's that they're the I I really I I think I admire their sort of uh, their mystique. So there's sure. there's something kind of there's something kind of fun about rooting for them. But. Touchdown, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did, did you guys see any of the glory that was Purdue sticking into Ohio State? Did you, I saw did you some of the second half. 
I did. Yeah, I, I, after I saw the, the score, I turned it on and just reveled in it just because I wanted to make fun of Eli. <laughs> well, Poor Eli. Was more, what was wild? I don't know if you guys watched it. Did you guys watch any of the game? Yeah, I watched the end of it. You know, I, see, I turned it on somewhat early because I was getting home. The, it, it just didn't make sense. It was If you want to talk about red zone problems, Ohio State had way bigger red zone problems because they couldn't run the ball. They threw yeah. the ball 73 times. Dwayne Haskins, who's a phenomenal quarterback. We're talking about you 49 of uh, 73 for 470. Yeah. 73, dude. He's, he's really good. Dwayne Haskins, really good. They just couldn't run the ball, and so they were racking up all these yards and getting into the red zone and couldn't finish anything. They even went for it on fourth down because they couldn't punch it in, and it just wasn't happening. And Purdue was finding a way, surprisingly, because Ohio State doesn't have a bad defense at all. But it was the recipe for an upset, kind of what a lot of people expected to happen when Notre Dame played Pitt a uh, weekend before last. And it just didn't happen. It was a really interesting game, though. Um, not a very close game and no upset trap for Clemson, who absolutely dominated North Carolina State. That's Brandon Bates' boy, Lionel Trevor Lawrence, quarterback in Clemson. Uh, they move up to number two. We got a good game coming in two weeks with LSU playing Alabama. LSU was able to hold off Mississippi State, hold, held them to three points, 19 to three. Oh, those SEC scores. They warm my cockles. Uh, the, the, the game of the week, though. <laughs> Robbo, we talked about it. We talked about the it. Good, the gentleman, the good gentlemen of Michigan, Michigan State, good were not sir. very gentlemanly. Yeah, good did, sir. You see, yeah. did you see some of the, the, the not necessarily yeah. fisticuffs, but the, 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 the lack of decorum? Disrespect from the good Michigan man. What? Well, how dare this dare young you. man scuffle Sparty's logo at midfield? Yeah, Michigan State said they Why would be would walking out Sparty at before ten o'clock. Contest. They came out of the tunnel. At 10.02, I dare say, does Michigan State not know how to tell time? <laughs> uh, I did not watch any of the game, but I did see uh, the disrespect that was the slap down uh, before the game. Scuffing, scuffing Sparty, just digging him up. Um, I was expecting Devin Bush. It reminded me of uh, like T.O. and the star. Bush. Right? Someone should have come out yeah, and, just and dropped him. And a legitimate uh, prospect for the Rams, for people who haven't seen Devin Bush, he's a bit of a hybrid kind of linebacker, maybe somewhat of a Mark Barron type that you could mold into safety linebacker type. Uh, Joey, I don't know if you saw it before the game. Uh, what happened was Michigan State has the tr- this tradition where they lock arms and walk across the field. Well, yeah. there were Michigan players that were already warming up because it was past the time that Michigan State said they were going to do it. They came out and did it anyway and just kind of – what's the right way to put it? They kind of walked through those guys and pushed yeah, like them around right them. It was like a, a Red Rover come over kind of thing. Um, and then Devin Bush, the uh, like I was talking about, uh, went over and just kind of scuffed his shoes on the Spartan logo at midfield. It was a, it was a rivalry game that felt like a rivalry before it started, and good on them. I know good. we talked about the idea of Michigan man, but it, it, it turned into something a little more volatile, and I thought it was, that made it a lot more entertaining. Yeah, yep. I, I like it. Yeah, it's hard not to like. Um, we'll get into some more stuff. I'm going to put some draft stuff on the site this week. It's been a little bit. I got to do a big board. I got to do a mock draft. Uh, we're no, talking about the Rams, obviously, at the end. Somewhere at the end, if we're, if we're talking playoffs, the earliest that we're going to be drafting playoffs. is 24. Playoffs. playoffs. Remember, the Rams don't have a second-round pick. So, again, you're talking about one pick in the first nine or so. You're not going to have a time. And that's as things stand right now. The Rams could trade that pick for – 
Some other player, as we've been wanting to do for the last couple of years, we'll have to see. But as it stands, but we're going to uh, have like 87 competitory picks in the third round. Going to have some comp picks for losing Sammy Watkins, for losing uh, what to say? There's somebody else. Trumaine Johnson to the Jets is going to get us probably another third round or so. We're going to have some more picks at the end of the third. We're going to have a lot of draft content to go over, and as things start to settle from the college show, I don't want to get into the preview side. We can do that on the next pod, but things are looking fun, man. I got to put up some lists of guys so we can talk about some guys besides. And I, don't get me wrong, love Justin Herbert, but uh, there's a lot of other guys in college football that uh, I'm getting interested in. And they're starting to warm my cockles. That's going to be my saying for the day is my cockles are getting warmed. I don't know what else, I love it. How else to put it, especially uh, when we talk about Green Bay. And how do you warm cockles in Green Bay? What is it? You live the furthest north, and you've got the most experience for this kind of stuff, uh, Robbo. How do you warm cockles in that kind of an environment? What you do is you run down to the Fred Meyer, which is uh, God, it's like a super Walmart or a target, super Target. You kind of they sell everything there. You run yourself down to the Fred Meyer, and you uh, head back to the sporting goods department. And you get yourself on the little ham warmers. You crack those mm. bad boys open and you jam them into your cockles, and everything stays. And just nice a and big tasty. bowl of cheese curds. <laughs> you just warm them cockles with them them ham warmers, and you're you're ready to go for four to six hours. Cockles warmed. We're going to need them warmed. Um, Not too many cockle-warming games. We do have Chicago late in the season. But other than that, I don't think we're going to need too much cockle-warming. No cockle-warming at uh, Arizona, San Francisco. Yeah, no cockle-warming needed. Joey, you don't need to warm your cockles. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for joining. Well, thanks, guys. Robo, good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Jerk. We're out of here. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'm a real person. I like to eat food. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.